Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, beautiful. Welcome, welcome back to the New Truth Podcast and welcome for first timers. If this is your first time, go back and listen to episode 139 because um, today we're doing the second part of a two-part series with my beautiful friend, Jamie Elizabeth Thompson. Episode 140, how to bring deeper intimacy into your sex life and into your love life, into your relationships. I mean, I'm so excited to have this conversation and you know I think the the biggest thing is uh, the reason this episode excites me so much is cuz I feel like intimacy is what every freaking relationship is missing. The majority of couples spend so much time you know, in domestication duty arguments or disconnection or overworking, stressed out, um, trigger fests, not actually knowing how to get back to that place that they, that feeling that they felt in the beginning. So just super excited to talk to you. And um, last week's episode was so amazing. And I, yeah, just can't wait to dive in. So where do we start? Mm. How, how do we do it? <laughs> I love this. I love this. Well, I think it's helpful to take a look at what your relationship is for. Mm. You know, everyone wants greater intimacy. Well, why? And if you look back to say the baby boomer generation, marriages and relationships occurred for convenience, companionship, and, um, you know, to, for families to be arranged, to be together. Like it was a smart financial decision or you needed to, in order to survive. And so if we look at, you know, the current day Gen X and millennials, we're looking and we're like, wait, the model that we were given is not the relationships that we want to have. Like the relationships that our parents were in are most of them not an example or a template of what we want to create because it's lacking intimacy. Yeah. And when, if, in all the different people that I've worked with that are in Gen X and um, well, the, the, the later half of Gen X and millennials, there's this desire for depth, intimacy, and connection. That wasn't the reasons why people came together before our generation. So there's a, there's a deeper desire to expand together and to grow together and to be close and to have a really amazing sex life and to feel intimately connected. And these are new desires in many ways. And so the old relational template that many people grew up with doesn't work anymore. So couples and women come to me at this place and, and are like, wait, we are in a relationship and we have been for, you know, one to 10 years and we're feeling disconnected and, and that's a problem. But if you look at your parents, you know, I mean, a lot of people's parents aren't, it's not like they're still in love. It's not like they're having sex. Maybe they only had sex in order to make the babies and, and, and it was for procreation, but now people are saying, wait, I want to have sex for pleasure. I want to have sex because it brings us closer together. I want to have sex because it's the most intimate thing that two people can share together. And so they want to grow in these ways. And I'm here to offer templates and, and ways that people can deepen in intimacy and sex as a way of expanding and growing in depth, intimacy, and connection. I love this. Yeah, it's so important. And, you know, I think 
of all the times I've heard women say, I just want what my parents have. And, you know, people that have, you know, parents that are still married and, and somewhat happily married. And, and I often have the thought or my response is why, like, are you your parents? Maybe go get your astrology done and get your parents' astrology done. Compare the charts. Are they the same? Because our souls, and I really believe our souls all come in for a different purpose. And every generation comes in to evolve the world. Mark Groves posted this amazing um, post the other day about uh, how people always put down the, the next generation as to like how they're being different from the generation before. And it becomes this put down, it becomes this issue and people are judging them and like, oh, this generation's screwed. They're doing things differently. But every generation that comes into planet earth is here to evolve the planet, evolve the species, evolve us and who our parents were and what, what they experienced. Even if they are happy, I think of my parents they're happy. They have a beautiful marriage. My parents are the cutest. Everyone loves them. And I don't want their marriage. Like it's lovely. They get along great. They're best friends. They're companions. They're not like here to have deep intimate intimacy and, and to grow past their edges and to get to know their mag magnitude of their souls. Like that's what my soul is here to experience. So I, so when I get into relationship, that's part of the criteria. Whereas what my parents were looking for, is so different. So yeah, I love that you brought that point up. It's so, so true. Well, and this is why it's really important to ask yourself the question that I opened with of what is your relationship for? What yeah. are you doing here yes. in this relationship? What's the purpose of it? Because if it is convenience and companionship, then there's a very different, then this conversation might not be for you. Yeah, because this conversation is, is going to be a growth oriented conversation. This is going to be a conversation that really is for couples who want to touch the depths of intimacy and connection and want to expand together and want to serve their, their purpose on this planet together. And so if you're, I call those evolutionary relationships. So if you want to have an evolutionary relationship where it's really for something you just need a different template than what most of us were given. And there are uh, plenty of, of, of happy marriages that are of convenience and companionship. And it's really just what you value. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, they're just, it's, we are out here as pioneers creating a template for this new way of relating. I remember when I was, I, I had a, um, a man that I almost married in my mid twenties, um, about a, a decade ago, and it could have been that marriage. Like it was the kind of relationship where he loved me unconditionally and we were, uh, we had fun together. You know, we were great companions. There were many things that worked really well. Well, our communication was decent. You know, there was, there was, um, it worked. It was, it was satisfactory. And the thing that was really missing was the deep, hot, life-changing intimacy and erotic connection. And that's a really high value of mine. And I remember when I ended up, you know, ending that relationship and letting it go, everyone was devastated because they thought I was going to marry him. Right. And, and that's, supposed to be the next step that you take in your mid twenties. And I was like, no, it's, it's not right. And I don't have the skills to fix it. And after that, it really sparked me to go down the rabbit hole of what, how could I have saved that relationship? Like, is there a way? And what I see now is if I had the right support and I had the skills I do now, I could have, he was not the right one for me. I see that now that I've grown so far in a, in a different direction, but I could have done it. And that was, it's like, I was missing something. I was missing an ability to communicate what I really desired. I was missing knowing what I actually desired and, and then the ability to really communicate that. And as the woman in the relationship, I believe the feminine sets the tone. And so in matters of eroticism, sexuality, intimacy, emotional 
emotionality, spirituality, these softer aspects of relationship are ours to lead. I mean, these, these are, this is where the, the feminine has so much more capacity simply in the way our energetic system is and our, you know, our biology our just our bodies actually being receptive instead of penetrative. Like there's something in that where you're able to actually receive more of um, the unseen realms of, of energy. And so some of these, you know, the, these aspects of relating like spirituality, sexuality, emotions, like these are all things that can be even more foreign to, to men or to beings that hold more masculine energy. So the feminine sets the tone. And so I look now back at that relationship and I'm like, oh, I can see what I would have done differently. Mm. And I can see um, where I could have really given it a shot. And, and I just didn't have the skills at that time. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and so seeing so many people come in with, with these relationships that they're like, they're, they're like, I can't stay here if we don't develop better intimacy. Like mm-hmm. those are the people that I really want to reach as, as like how we can really develop a deeper intimacy to give it the best shot that it has and see if it actually can work because the other thing is the fantasy, the fantasy out there just says that, you know, the, the relationship is just going to be perfect. You're never going to have problems. And like, you're going to have problems. Sex and intimacy is a huge obstacle and sticking point for many people. So there's going to be things to, to work out and, um, and there's ways to do that. It seems like it's the first thing to go for most couples and, you know, and then in off, often, not always, sometimes I've experienced both with men where sometimes they shut down, but often it's the, the woman shutting down or the woman even continuously saying yes to her husband just for him because he wants sex, but she's not even there, which hurts my heart and soul so deeply. And this is, I mean, this is it's the first thing to go. And I think of all the women I work with, you know, when I first work with women and a lot are divorced, some are still married. And there's just this, like, they're not even companions with their partner anymore. Like there's just so much resentment because they don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to talk about what's really going on. And I think there's nothing more important than communication in that's like absolutely the the most important skill set to know, like what you're feeling, what's going on for you and to be able to bring that to your partner. Um, But that's like, that's the thing. And so, so many women are so shut down because they've, they've grown so far apart from their partner in that way. So yeah, I'm just curious, like, so if we were to start there with those women, like the women who are like the guards are shut, they've, they turned off the faucet a long time ago. Maybe they forced themselves a little bit for their partner, but really they don't even believe they're sexual anymore. Like how do they bring intimacy to a relationship and with all the resentment and I mean, it's a maybe tough place to start, but (laughs) Yeah. It, I mean, and this is, this is so common um, for people who are going through that and it's, it's painful. It's painful beyond what most people are consciously aware of because our sexual energy is the um, it's the spark of our creative life force. And it's the spark of life arising in our body. It's, it's, it's the part of us that, that gives us the inspiration and the drive and the pleasure and the bliss and the joy. I mean, it's, it's not just like sexual energy is only for the bedroom. It's actually what gives us life. And so when women become disconnected from that, there's often a lot of anxiety and stress and depression, and just this kind of apathy of, of giving up that starts to happen. So I, I do feel that that's a a good place to start because Mm -hmm. so many people are dealing with that and, and just medicating, just Mm -hmm. numbing out and medicating with TV and food and pharmaceuticals and not actually going back inside. And I think that's actually where the, um, the entry point is, is really slowing down and coming back into your body. 
And when you come back into your body, there's a flow of energy that starts to activate again, but many women don't know how to come back into their body. So it becomes a practice, a practice of slowing down, of tuning in, of being present with what's arising with the, the, um, the way that you feel what's, what's happening in the moment. I mean, you're not going to be able to, um, connect with your libido if you are outside of your body. So this is the, the first step is really just coming back in. And then once you're in your body, there's, you know, it's interesting because sexuality has really been outsourced and, and it, there's a, you know, the Disney programming is, is like, oh, well, you know, the man is responsible to turn you on, right? It's, it's their responsibility. And so women forget that their turn on is an inside job. Mm. Women forget that, that their, that turn on is, is simply just the sensation of the current of life moving through their body that, that they can be turned on by the, the breeze or, or by the way that they're, you know, feeling the support of, of the chair they're sitting on or, you know, by subtle movements. I mean, there's ways to come back in touch with your turn on. And once you're in touch with your turn on, then you can start to feel this, this energy of turn on. Like, it's like, I invite people to do anything that has them feel turned on. And just, it's like just that subtle opening, like, you know, like, like the, the petals of your heart are turning towards the sun. Like, it just feels like this, like subtle opening and do anything that, that has you feel that way. So you can start to generate that experience for yourself. It's simply an experience of, of life. And when you can open to that, then you have more of a chance of being able to bring it to your partner in when you've been feeling shut down and when you've been feeling disconnected. But if you are expecting him to be the source of your turn on, then that's probably part of what got you here to this place of feeling disconnected because it comes from within us. And we're the ones that are, we're the, I mean, the feminine is like the guardians of the turn on. I mean, this is just, it's like, it's, it's ours. It's in, it's in our nature. So really reconnecting with, um, with that. And, and then a a second thing I, I love to have people do is actually just make a desire journal, like make a list of 50 things you desire right now. So many women are just shut down from their desire body and what they want. And, and desire doesn't only have to be sexual, doesn't only have to be about intimacy or with your partner, but just like, what is it that you want? Like what lights you up right now? You know, like, and, and just creating a, a list like that and creating a desire journal and turning that part of themselves back on, because like you said, it's often the first thing to go. And then, and then, you know, women are just sitting there in their relationships. Like, I don't know, I'm just not turned on and I don't, I don't want to have, I'm not interested in, you know, sex or, or intimacy anymore. And, and really it's their desire just went out the window. Yeah. And then I think like of all the women who just leave their marriage or their relationship, and then they end up getting into another one and it feeling that the sex is hot and great in the beginning. And then the same thing happens. Cause of course you bring your, all the protection with you and, 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 and also you're still sourcing it from the other person. So I think, yeah, I love everything you said. And I think the key is like, do it for you, like do it for you. And then your partner, your husband will get to reap the benefits. Um, and you know, I know that there's a lot of women who hold on to so much resentment towards their partner that they almost like they turn themselves on. This happens a lot after women come to the immersion in Greece and then they they're like, okay, I think I have to leave my marriage at the end because they're so expanded and they feel so turned on and so lit up and so in their bodies and the imagining of going back into their life that had them feeling so turned off and so small and so shut down from who they really are feels like impossible, which absolutely people can shift just by you being different. But how would you say to best handle that? Like with all the, 
all the stuff that's in the way. Um, so now they've turned themselves on, but then they, they're looking at their partner like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to have sex with you. Right. Right. <laughs> so the, so yeah, there's the, it's, it's so funny because when you first change something, the natural human pattern is to then get really angry and aggressive at everyone else who was just doing the thing that you were doing a week ago. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. it, it, and so this happens in relationship, like a woman will make a shift, right. Yes. The same thing happens in, in my programs as what you said in the immersion where it's like, they will have this experience of opening and then they'll be like, Oh, well I can't have that there. And so they turn themselves off before they even get there mm-hmm. by, by believing that they can't have it there. So there's immediately a pattern. A lot of my work is about breaking patterns because there's a pattern that you have in relating with your partner that involves turning yourself off. Nobody Mm -hmm. else ever turns you off. You turn yourself off. And it's, it's a pattern of shutting down and closing. If you stay open, it's possible to stay open in the face of aversion, in the face of loathing, in the face of disconnection, in the face of your husband acting exactly the way that he always acts. It's possible, but it takes training the new neural pathways where your system becomes masterful or at least competent with remaining open. And remaining in your turn on, in your yes place, even when something not so enjoyable is happening. And this is a part of what we practice in the cervical dearmoring technique. So cervical dearmoring is um, like it sounds, dearmoring. You're you're removing armor. You're letting go of tension. So when you're letting go of tension, just like when, you know, someone's working on a knot that you have in your neck, it's not exactly comfortable. It might even be painful. You might be working to that place where you're like right at the edge of what's too painful. And then it releases. And if you can practice staying open in that, which is what we do in cervical dearmoring, you practice keeping your energy open, keeping your body open, not clenching, We tend to, when we close, when we feel turned off, there's a closing, there's a clenching, there's a scrunching down and there's a, you know, the breathing gets more, uh, light and, and people stop breathing all the way into their body. So we practice opening through sound and through breath and through just keeping the body open on a sensational level while you're actually de-armoring your cervix while you're actually releasing tension from inside your yoni. And that practice, I'm already having people build the pathway that is, even though this is uncomfortable, I'm remaining open. I'm Mm. remaining turned on, I'm breathing into it. And this is how you rewire your cervix from being in pain when something hits it to being orgasmic when something hits it. Mm. So that's happening in your body physically happening physiologically inside. Mm -hmm. And it becomes a practice that is then something that you can bring into your, you know, emotional relational interactions. Yeah. So it's a practice of remaining open, even though he is, um, giving you the same old thing. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the first, it's like, this is a micro practice because the initial default is going to be, oh, he's doing the same thing that he always does. So I'm going to shut down. So the practice is staying open, even though it, um, even though it gets your righteousness going, even though it makes your blood boil, even though it, cause mm-hmm. all of all, what's underneath all of that is actually grief. Yes. What's underneath all of that is the grief of disconnection. And so when you can let yourself be in the vulnerability of staying open in the face of whatever he's bringing you, you may open into the grief, 
that you've been holding of the disconnection that you've had in your relationship. And now you are leading the relationship into a deeper, more intimate place because you're revealing something deeper than your criticism, your irritation, and your anger. Hmm. I love this so much. And as you're talking, I just keep hearing the if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll keep getting what you've always got. The definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over and expect a different result and how... I, I remember being at a workshop years ago and the, the workshop facilitator, I still follow him and his wife on, they have, they have three beautiful grown daughters and this couple and their love is so palpable. And he talked about his wife the whole weekend. It was a peak. Do you remember peak potentials? They were one of the first personal mm-hmm. development, T. Harvecker. Anyways, oh, yeah. Um, so I, it, he was so lovely. And I remember the way he talked about his wife throughout the weekend. He was just... He, he kept calling her his queen and he said, you know, every day, the, the secret to a long lasting relationship is every day I see her as a new woman and I see her through new eyes and I allow her to be whoever she's going to be today. And I feel like that to me is the distinction between the old paradigm of love, which we talk so much about on this podcast, which is that scripted, it's only one way it looks, you know, this is how a relationship is. And in the old paradigm, we just get into a box and, and, you know, settle for complete complacency complacency with no relational skills, no self-awareness. And we just expect each other to stay the same. And in the new paradigm, it's, it's evolution, it's growth. It's, it's how can we become more of who we are together? How can we experience more intimacy, more pleasure, more joy, more expansion. And, you know, that comes from turning towards each other during those most painful moments. And so I love this so much because the the pausing and the opening when it's uncomfortable and the, the willingness to, to, to just show up differently. It takes so much fucking courage. Like it takes a lot of courage. Like you said, you'll face every single part of every, every single voice in your head that says, you know, no, I've got to hold this against him. I got to be the, the one who wins. I've got to, but when you are able to soften and that's the feminine soften and be with the experience, like that's the only place that change can occur from is if one person consistently shows up differently. And I have witnessed with my clients, like even, you know, their moms, mother-in-laws, sister, like so many relationships where they, they didn't think it was remotely possible for a change to occur. Them showing up in a different frequency, energy frequency, created a miracle and a complete shift in the relational dynamic and the other person totally transforming. So, so much is possible when we have the, the courage, the vulnerability and the, um, like the, what's the word? It's like the willingness to let our freaking ego have a break so that we can actually experience something different. Even if your relationship ends up not working out, you know, like even if you're in such a place that it ends up moving towards an ending, you can do it from a different place when you're able to come to this place. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and then you, you get off that when you, when you allow yourself to end in a conscious, intentional way, you get off at the top of that ride. You know, you don't need to, you, you got off at the top of the spiral. You don't need to go back down and do that again. But if, if, if you just, end it because you didn't have the courage or the willingness to take responsibility for yourself, for your energy, for your power, then you're starting at the bottom of the spiral again. Yes. You're just starting, you're just playing out the same thing again. And so this is a really important piece. And I want to bring in self-responsibility here because that's the other piece that will really, really serve it's like when you have a, a massive growth, you are now accountable to owning a new level of power. You are now accountable for taking more responsibility. And that means showing up in the situation, the same circumstance differently. It's your job to show up differently. No one else is going to do that. And quite honestly, women grow faster in, in this way, you know, the emotional maturity and intelligence is, is, is ours to lead. 
And so if we can take take responsibility, there are ways where we definitely are. And, and if we can allow our emotional maturity to set it, it's like, this really takes choosing to be soft, open and happy instead of right. Yes. It, it takes choosing that. And, and that's the responsibility. And, and that's where we, we get to really say how it goes. And, um, you know, often there's sometimes a reaction. I, I know I got a reaction from uh, my partner the, the other day of, you know, there's this thing where he, he wants me to say, you know, surprise, surprise, a man wants me to say what I want in the bedroom more than I am, <laughs> right? That's, I, I do this for a living and have for many years and, and my partner still wants to hear more from me, right. you know, like it's, it's, it's just so funny that it, it's, it's a thing of the feminine where it's like, we get in our experience and we forget that, you know, to verbalize our experience and our desire to them is what gives them the roadmap to please us. And mm-hmm. a good man just wants to please you. Yeah. So that's what he wants. And, you know, so he's, he's, um, a- asking, you know, asking for this and, um, you know, there's a, there's an older version of me. That's like, when I tell you what I want, it takes me out of my experience. Mm-hmm. And that would be my response, you know, and, and, um, I've developed a practice of getting great at staying in my experience and in my pleasure and giving him a new direction. I've just practiced that. It was not easy for me in the beginning. And the righteous part of me is like, you know, you should just know, right? The old, that, that old pattern that says, you know, that, that someone should just know, or, you know, that, that we should be able to just talk about it afterwards. But actually the, the technical practice sessions are really wonderful. So what I ended up doing is, uh, we, we set a timer for 30 minutes and I showed him exactly how to eat my pussy. What? The way that I love it. It was technical. It, you know, it wasn't like super hot and sexy. And in the moment it was actually like giving him the technical manual like the how-to manual, here's how to put this thing together. And, and, and just, you know, like now a little, a little more to the left. Yep. Even more to the left. And, you know, like, you know, harder inside and, and softer outside and, and more like this and, and really giving him specific directions and, and just cued him in to it. And so now he, you know, eats my, eats my pussy wonderfully, but and then he gets to win. He, he gets, gets to win. win. I get to win. You get I to win. win. We're both winning. Everyone is winning. And, <laughs> and it, you know, it was awkward. It's awkward. Yeah. Even for me, it's like, okay, yeah, this isn't like my favorite lovemaking session was the time that I like, you know, took out like my, you know, ruler <laughs> and whiteboard and like wrote down notes. That wasn't my favorite session, but that session gave us so much mileage and and we've done that a few times with different, with different things. And, and so it was really this way of, you know, and so that's something I actually recommend, um, to women, especially women who are not vocal or who bring it in a way that feels like with a no energy that feels, you know, critical and, um, and, uh, demanding. Right. Because it's, it's actually, you got to have fun with it. You know, we, we were laughing at the awkwardness and the, and the funniness of like, okay. And the, you know, it was, it was like a joyful, funny, silly experience that was actually quite pleasurable as well, but it, it led to some really organic earth shattering, amazing lovemaking. Wow. And so I, I, I say, this to couples do a how-to manual session where you are actually giving him the roadmap and, and you got to set it up. You set up the context of like, okay, this isn't going to be a normal session. This is going to be a lot of back and forth. This is going to be a lot of trying it out. It's going to be a lot of, you know, correcting, you know, softer. Yep. Even still softer. Oh no, faster. Oh no, 
that's too fast. So, you know, like getting very granular because you know, there's a way that you like it specifically mm-hmm. and you got to just tell him what that is in a way that, that he can really hear you. I, I feel like tears welling up in my eyes over here. Um, like, why didn't we learn this in school? I'm just thinking, you know, of all the, all the girls and women in the world who just let men have sex with them and they're not even in their bodies. Yeah. And you know how fucked it is that we're not, there's no education and women don't even know that they're like, we talked about that, that this, where this comes from in the last episode, but that we're not even taught about our pleasure or that we get to have pleasure. And we're sent messages our whole lives that really we're just have to be perfect objects for men to choose. And then they choose us and they get to have their way with us. And it, it, I mean, it runs so deep and there's so many layers So I feel, yeah, just this like tears under the surface, just the, the beauty of this. I've never heard this before. I mean, I'm so fucking glad I, we had you on the podcast and it, what a gift. And, um, I just, I'm excited for Catherine to hear these episodes. I, I just like how unbelievably essential is this that we have honest conversations and that we learn most women don't even know their own bodies, which is why the cervix course with you and like doing work on learning your own vehicle first is essential so that then you can give him the roadmap. Cause if you don't know your own body, I mean, I know for myself, I didn't masturbate till I was 27. And because I had so much shame around self-pleasure, I didn't know that that I I was even supposed to have my own self-pleasure. And then beyond that, you know, I I, it's been a lifelong journey of of learning my body. And, you know, I think I didn't even look at my yoni, maybe, no, I I looked at it before I met you, but like when I met you, I like started shifting so much. And that was only a year ago from being a witness to you and living with you for a couple of weeks in Greece and watching how you make love to the world around you and just like take in everything you eat and everything you, you're just so embodied, walk around naked, just like doing yoga (laughs) naked at our place. Like I grew so much. I'm so grateful. We got to have that week living together in Greece because I grew so much from that experience and witnessing you. I feel like we should do that at least once a year. (laughs) Let's do it again. More naked yoga on the balcony. Hell yeah. Um, and it's just like, so it's the, 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 step one, like if I were to recap everything you've said so far, and and really the first episode covers this, it's like, know yourself, know your own pleasure, know your own desires, know your own body, get to know your own map, learn to like be in your body and listen to your body and love your body. And then step two is actually communicate your body and share your body with your partner in an empowered way where you actually are in the driver's seat, but not from a controlling place, but from an empowered place where you're standing with and for yourself and you're, and you're sharing like, Hey, do you want to know the roadmap? Do you want to know how we can both win from this? Of course he does. And of course you do. And then you both just get to keep deepening and keep having these expansive experiences. And it opens the gate to continue to have honest conversations about something most people don't even talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And this is, this is one of the things that we do in the live sessions of the sex magic cervix course is practice after you have mapped your body yourself, practice writing down what you liked, like actually writing down like, Oh, you know, I like it actually a little bit to the left and um, softer and then, and then harder partway through actually writing that down Mm. and then sharing it out loud so that you practice actually knowing what your map is, learning your map, discovering your map, and then sharing your map. And we actually practice that. So you are already having the conversation that you will have with your current or future partner with the group of women so that you're learning what this is. And then you also get to see, wow, there's 20 other ways and they're all so different. No wonder why my husband has no idea 
how to touch me because every single pussy is different. Mm -hmm. They all like different things. And so there's this, there's this like deficit where, where there's this expectation that he should just know when actually like when you break it down for them, they're like, Oh, Oh, I had, I had no idea that was, that was actually what you were, what you were saying you wanted. And, and so there's, you know, it's, and, and it also just normalizes the pleasure being something that we can communicate about and ask for. Like you said, it's like actually normalizing the revealing and revealing is what creates intimacy. Revealing is what creates depth. Revealing is what creates connection. When we can learn how to reveal our Mm -hmm. truth to each other in, and remain open in that revealing, that's where intimacy happens. And to breathe disconnection happens when someone closes. Yes. If both people stay open, you can have a conversation about, you know, about all the, the triggering things, politics, sex, infidelity, money, kids. You can have a conversation about the most triggering sensitive topics that exist. And if both people remain open and listening to each other, Mm. it will create deeper intimacy. Yeah. This is not only the problem inside of relationships, this is a problem in our world yeah. is that people hear something that triggers them and they close instead of stay open. This is also how you heal sexual trauma. You heal sexual trauma when you can stay open just a little bit longer than the time that you closed last time. Yeah. But trauma is a loop that creates a closure at the same place every time. And you close and you shut down and you stop feeling. If you can remain open and feel through that groove where you used to close, your sexual trauma will slowly melt. It's like an it's like a glacier ice cube that just depends on how big the glacier is, how long it'll take to melt, and how much heat of your own feeling you can apply to this ice cube to melt it. And it just slowly melts away, but this is, it's about feeling. It takes courage. It takes being willing to open when you previously closed. It takes deciding that safety is an internal experience and letting yourself open, even though it doesn't feel safe, letting yourself feel, even though it doesn't feel safe, you know, because in, in their pleasure practice in, you know, in, in the sessions, you're alone in your room. So you're safe. You know, whatever happened before as, as terrifying and awful as it was, and not discounting that in any way in this moment, alone in your room with just you and your own, you're safe, but the ice cube, the closure will tell you, no, I have to close. I'm not, but if you can open and let yourself just Mm -hmm. grieve, let yourself you know, I do, I teach it, everyone who comes through my work, a practice called unraveling, which is actually about unraveling these tightly wound, um, balls of energy. It's balls of life force, life force. When it's tightened into knots becomes tension, becomes closure, becomes stress, becomes anxiety, becomes low libido, becomes depression. Right. And, and when you can unravel all of this energy and redistribute it, in your body through your breath movement and sound. And this is, you know, that can be foreign for some people, but when, when you get into the practice and you just break it down exactly what you need to do, it becomes very natural. And you realize, oh, wow, this is way more natural than holding on to the trauma in the first place. Yeah. Holding on to the trauma in the first place is, um, it, it means your, your mind is literally hijacking your body into thinking it's still in a loop when it's not. And that that's what I've seen so much with, I've been on the personal development journey for 16 years and just seeing so many people get the mind and the ego becomes attached to the trauma once we know it's there. 
And so we then identify with it. And there's this like attachment to, oh no, I have the trauma, but like every, every relationship and every, you know, every moment that pain is revealed, it's an opportunity to heal the trauma if you relate to it differently. So I love everything you said. And I love how you frame things so differently than I've heard before, like how it, it starts and stops at the same place. And that's like, that's the choice point. That's the moment. And one thing that I would love for you to speak to is just um, about that, like opening, like what, it, how, how can a woman, cause I know that there are a lot of women who are in relationships with unsafe people, how, how to identify that. Is that something you can speak to? You uh, know what I mean? Like yeah. opening when it's actually not a sure. safe place to do so. What, what would you, how would you say to navigate that? If you are in an unsafe relationship where there is physical or emotional harm being done to you, you should leave. Yes. Yeah. Open somewhere else. Yes. Yeah. Period. I mean, yeah. this is where boundaries need to come in. Yes. Um, if you are in an unsafe relationship, you know, that, that is, it's a very different conversation than the one that we're having. Yeah. That conversation is um, you know, reach inside yourself and find the place that already knows that you are worthy to be with someone who will love you and treat you well yes. and, and bring yourself to safety and yes. leave. Yes. So that's, yes. that's the simple instructions for an unsafe totally. relationship. Yes. Yeah. Cause you know, if the person, you know, in your gut, if the person in, and in your heart, if you are in a relationship that is safe to open, even if your patterns are there, even if you're mad at them, even if you have resentment. And so if you are in a toxic relationship that is, you know, not a safe place, yeah, bound, learn boundaries, like go work with someone who's an expert yeah. in a therapist or, or someone who's an expert in boundaries and, um, and how to stand for yourself. And, you know, something that I, that I find with, with women who are in, um, you know, there's different levels of, of toxicity and that word gets thrown around so yes, much. Um, so it, you know, there, there's, there's, it, there's, if you're in an unsafe relationship and there's harm being done, um, and there's, you know, there's abuse, right. Physical or emotional abuse. Like someone is trying to take you down. That's very different than, you know, a man who's like irritated with you mm -hmm. and, and is having a bad day. And, you know, maybe you guys even yell at each other. That doesn't mean that it's necessarily unsafe. Yeah. Um, and, but there's a level, there's a level and, and that's for every person to really decide. But what I find, whether you are in, um, you know, a, a harmful relationship, or you're just in a relationship that has toxic aspects of the ways that you're relating with each other is that the more you can come into connection with the frequency of your own pleasure, yes. the more that that just becomes misaligned, yeah. the more it's just no longer a match. And you find yourself either changing the tone of the relationship, because you can do that, or you find yourself leaving. Yeah. Like, it's just obvious. Like, I remember I, I had to leave a, a relationship that it was just like, I just became more secure and, and it no longer was a fit. And it was just obvious that it was like, oh, it was the insecure part of me that wanted validation that was in this relationship. Now I'm self-validated and the relationship is no longer a fit the shoes are too small. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it's like, it feels that way. Yeah. So I believe the solution is always to feel better in your own body. Yes. Because yes, then yes. things that don't feel good in your body are very clearly Obvious. no longer aligned. <laughs> yes. There's so, the, so yeah, the power, the, your power lives in your pleasure in your actually you being in your body and you being connected to your pleasure, knowing your pleasure. And then when you're in that state, you can't settle for anything less. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and and that. that attracts the right kind that attracts the right kind of man, Yeah, you know, the right kind of yeah. man. And, and this can be like the man you are with can also become the right kind of man through your own shifting. I mean, I've yeah. seen this 
so many times where it, you know, it's like, who's the one for you, the one that's in front of you, because the one that's in front of you has some key for you right now. There's something for you to learn and embody in connection with the one in front of you right now. And so stop debating about whether he's the right one or not, and actually just receive what there is for you to receive in connection with the one in front of you. And once you receive that, it will become clear if this relationship was just for, you know, a season or if it was for a lifetime. Love it. Oh my gosh. You're so brilliant. I love it. I love every word. So any final last words, and I'm, I'm joining your, I'm so excited for the cervix sex, magic cervix, um, training. I'm doing it and very, very excited to, to deepen with you and just be in your magic. So if you love Jamie, which I imagine all of you did, um, definitely check out the link below and there's a self-study course, um, or you can join our, the, the high frequency of the deep dives with her, which you get, um, six, six deep dives. with. Yes. Yeah. There's, um, six sessions, six, um, deep dive sessions in the live group. And the live group is really amazing for the purpose of learning how to communicate about these things. And we also do practices that are completely channeled and, and something that could not be inside of a self-led course. And the energy of the group really ends up really supporting each other. So I love this doing the specific course live for, for that purpose. Um, And I think we're talking intimacy group work is more powerful, like actually being a part of a live group. When, when we're talking about intimacy, we, we build it in our, in our female relationships too. And so to be in an experience like this and also be vulnerable and intimate with other women in this experience is deeply going to serve you in your romantic relationships. So yes, it's the practice. It's absolutely Yes. I love it. So we'll link that below. And then again, you can follow Jamie. She's the holistic sex coach on Instagram, which we'll link below too. Um, Any last words of uh, how to bring deeper intimacy into your sex life? Any final words? Mm, I just always like to remind everyone that intimacy is an inside job. Mm, yes, it sure is. It sure is. And also life is way fucking better when you're experiencing your own pleasure. So thank you for all your brilliance, all your wisdom. You are magical, a magical human. And I love you. And um, if you enjoyed this episode, as always, spread the word to all your gal pals. I believe that every woman on planet earth needs support in this arena around sex and dating and relationships. It's, um, you know, a messy topic that not many people know how to navigate because nobody taught us how. So spread the world's word to all your gal pals and um, we'll see you next week. Lots of love. Bye. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, You can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.